Jonesy, this podcast had it all. Three racing states and we went even went international. Yeah, that's what we're doing now. Uh, I think a podcast of this caliber should transcend jurisdictions. Mm. We're talking about the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. And um, just how much of a phenomenal occasion it is. and The turnover. The t- <laughs> My God. The turnover is phenomenal, but it also, <laughs> I, I think it shone a little light. On the uh, on the turnover that we have on our greatest race here in Australia, but uh, more on that during the podcast. Yeah, I would have thought so. And if you're going to turn some over this weekend, where would you do something like that? I think you're going to turn some over with Team Orange, and that's the good people at Ned's. Look, the Winter Carnival's heating up. We're on the back end of the Adelaide Carnival. Thank God, some would say. <laughs> um, so open up your Ned's app and gamble responsibly in there. Um, check us out on our profiles. You can follow us in on a few bets if you like. But if you don't want to, that's fine too. But I'll tell you what, everything you could possibly do on the Neds app is what you want to do. Get weird and exotic for us, drifters. Absolutely. And uh tell you what, some of the drifters are following in what we've posted or what I've posted, um, those three-leg multis and two-leg multis for the yep. Queensland Derby and the Cox Plate. And there was another one there, the Stradbroke as well. So a couple of drifters have um, following our coattails and, you know, it's good to have a long, long-term long play. You've pulled it off before. Yes. No reason why it can't happen again. Absolutely. But what are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Declan, how are you? Mate, I'm going well. In what is almost the final week of the autumn carnival. Mm-hmm. Sheesh. What a time to be alive. You could say they have saved the best for last, essentially. I would agree. Mm. I would agree. Um, last week was a hell of a day. Hell of Fantastic a day. day. It just really reiterated how much I love horse racing. I love horse racing so much, mate. <laughs> so much. It was a fantastic day. Um, kept a bit of the, you know, theme going of the autumn, which was story time. Yes. Because there was a lot of storylines Yeah, out of Saturday. What was your favourite? Oh, yeah. I, did, I didn't have him, but Mr. Brightside was a great mm. story uh, for the, the young Hayes boys getting their first group one uh, and just the owners as well celebrating um, on the sidelines was fantastic. And I, then there's- I feel like we were the only people who didn't own that horse. Yes. <laughs> there were so many. It was yeah, great to see. Actual tribe. Uh, that was great, but no, my, my favourite story of the day was Nature Strip. Um, oh, yeah. Winning his third, TJ Smith. Fantastic. Yeah, it just makes you think, what the hell was I thinking? Like, <laughs> well, it's funny you say that, mate, because um, on the train, I was actually down in Sydney uh, on the weekend, Drifters, so I was giving live after updates of uh, Mother Nature and what mm. the wet weather was doing uh, in Sydney to, to the crew back up north of the border. Whether or not she was in a mood or not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whether she wanted to play a game or not. She's been in a bit of mood this week, Mother Nature. Anyway, um, so... On the train towards uh, the city, uh, coming from the airport, mm-hmm. you know, there's some types in Sydney, some unique types. Sure. Some rare Pokemon. Yeah. 
that uh, you know are out and about in the wild. Be careful of the long grass drifters. <laughs> and there was a guy uh, on the train, your guy, my guy, yeah, my mate, who was sitting near me. And look, clearly he's had some abuse problems in his life, probably of the drug variety. <laughs> <I would> expect. <laughs> he was a little bit cooked, and you know I'm not one to judge, obviously. But, you know, he decided that the bottom compartment of the train was just a bit hot. (laughs) So he starts stripping off layers one by one. And I'm thinking, oh, God, what's going on here? Anything could happen. Yeah. People slowly but surely sort of leave the compartment. I think that's fair. Yeah. Uh, So anyway, I asked him on the way out, who you got in the TJ? (laughs) (laughs) And he said Eduardo. And I said, well, sure as hell, I'm not backing him then. So, oh, my God. Um, so, yeah, mate, you're on par with him. Yeah. But you know what? I can't begrudge you for picking Eduardo because he was the elite wet tracker in the race. Yeah. And Nash, I'm pretty sure, came out before the race and said, oh, you know, I'll, I'll just sort of ride him nicely and maybe take a seat off nature strip. Are you kidding me? I know. Um, you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing, but – what turned me into, I want to say an Eduardo fan, right? But yeah. a believer in Eduardo is that uh, 1,300 metre win on Derby Day last year. Proves he can run the 1,200. Which, but then I think this prep, I'm, now I'm left just scratching my head. <laughs> I think it's I think it's more because he beat the rest. He beat him pretty comfortably. Yeah, oh, the um, two best sprinters in the race by far. But- I think it just goes to show Nature Strip third up grand final day. Just back him, you dunce. <laughs> like, what yep. are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? That's honestly. what I was thinking. So, um, but yeah, Hitotsu was unbelievable um, and didn't handle the track apparently, which like I kind of, I can believe that because of like Benno's no star. It was a good three-roll, but – and, yeah, he's done okay against the older horses, but I don't think he's going to be any superstar. No. He he ran second to Profondo in the spring championships from memory, Benno, but Profondo brained everyone in that race. Uh, look, I, I, th- I thought that he ran really well. Will he pop up again and loom up again in a group yeah. one like that? I'm not sure. I don't think so. Uh, look, if that's a case with Hitotsu running like that on de- a deck that's not preferable, watch out Cox Plate, watch out Melbourne Cup. Yes, that's all I'll say. I agree. I agree. Um, and they're thinking Japan Cup with him. Um, don't blame him. Don't blame him. Uh, Mr. Brightside, we touched on Forbidden Love didn't run out the mile, um, which I was in team not a miler. You were in mm. team she was a miler. Yep. So we'll call that even. And because my thing's finished third last. Um <laughs> And then Fireburn broke the uh, two-year-old Golden Slipper curse, which is great to see. Awesome to see, mate. She was fantastic. And, yeah, interesting to see that uh, Mr. Portelli after the race said, you know, anything that's in front of her, she'll chase it down. Anyone who wasn't a believer before this race, get on board. She wins the champagne. I, I just can't believe, and I texted this to you, but there was a lot of experts out there. A lot of experts did tip her, but a lot of experts were going like, no, 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 no. She's extreme. We'll turn the tables here. I'm like, what form are you watching? 
Are we watching the same races here? She's beating this other filly, fair and square. Good filly, she's extreme. Yeah, I thought she was great. But Fireburn is literally giving her windburn every time she goes around. And the race wasn't run super quickly. No. So she's extreme. She'd have been able to control the pace up front and then yeah. kick away. Had every chance. Exactly. And and I reckon in most races, eight times, nine times out of ten, she would have won mm. based on the race pattern. But Fireburn's just a better filly. And in the Golden Slipper, I'm not of the opinion that she finishes closer with the interference. She got a little bit of an interference, sure. Best of Bordeaux was unbelievable on the pace. Fantastic. Cool and Gatter on a heavy deck, probably not her her proper going. First up after how many weeks? Yeah. Fireburn, best horse in the race. Yes. Uh, it'll be super interesting. Probably, I heard Portelli saying as well that he'll probably put her away for the spring and not bring her back until the autumn next Just year. let her fill out. Why not? Why wet not? tracks as well. She's a wet tracker. Why ruin her? As a three-year-old in the spring, if she's not going to handle it, yeah, no, I agree, mate. I agree. She's she's proven herself already. She's won two Group Ones. She's super valuable as it is. Bring her back and see if you can run her as a three-year-old in the autumn next year. Push on until mm. she's a four and five-year-old. She could become an elite sprinter on a wet yeah. track. Who knows? Or even on a dry deck. I don't know. I don't know either. I'm not Mister Portelli. No, but you know he's the best to do it at the moment credit to him yeah she will reign knows how to knows how to do it she was three time group 1 or group 1 winner i believe uh, at least two if not three and yeah this filly i think she's probably better than her um yeah there's another filly who is making waves in the west on the weekend amelia's jewel mm, interesting uh re- really high raps on her they're thinking about keeping her in wa until again next autumn Fine, play um, on. Absolutely play on. It's what they like to do over there. Try and sort of replicate Arcadia Queen, mm. bring her over here through for a three-year-old season. Jeez, a clash between her and Fireburn over the mile. Ooh, <laughs> That'd be unbelievable. But, yeah, fantastic day of racing, mate. It um, was. It was. Yeah, it was very happy. Uh, are you a believer in I'm Thunderstruck yet? Because level weights, he beats – Mr. Brightside. Yeah. Look, yeah, he's not one of mine. (laughs) I'm Thunderstruck. (laughs) Look, level weights, yeah, he wins that race. But that was also the first time in a while from memory I've actually ever seen him race up closer. Yeah, he can't. He can. He has the ability to, like, in the All Star Mile, he was still like three or four pairs back, but he wasn't back marker, back marker, like the last. He's not like the Inferno or, you know, horses like that that absolutely need to be stone cold last. Look, I was disappointed watching that race that my best bet of the day for Bin Love didn't finish into the placings. <laughs> was going for four from four as well in the G1s. But I was um, heartened by the fact that my, um, Thunderstruck didn't win because if I, if I pot a horse in a race yeah. and then declare my best bet, and the best bet runs fourth, but the horse I pot run, runs really well and wins. Who's the biggest dickhead on the planet? I don't know. I don't I'd know. be giving it a run for its money. You would be. You would be. be hanging down in front of my face, <laughs> balls coming from my chin, just swinging in the breeze. Dickhead over here. But, you know, um, Mr. Brightside did me a solid. He's not one of mine either. No. No. So... I think I I put a trifecta on the race because, you know, there was a bit of juice around. <laughs> yeah. And I was convinced that Forbidden Love wouldn't run top three, so I thought there was even more top juice there. Okay, fair. Um, but I did sneak her into third just in case. Just in case. So I had – Lovely. 
I had second, who was on Thunderstruck. I had third, Ice Bath in there, who we did give a push on our autumn's features. Um, well, I did. <laughs> and ran, you know, at you could have got about seven bucks a place if you were listening. Um, then Forbidden Love, and I think Cascadian might have been there in Banker's Choice, and I had them there as well. So I basically had second to sixth. <laughs> Just didn't have Mr. Brightside anywhere Letting near Letting me go. <laughs> I just can't look. It's killing me. <laughs> now, Declan, I want to take your attention, your focus mm. to what's on my head right now. Oof. Shush. What is that? It is one of the great brands of all time. Now, if you are a listener to the podcast, you might have heard in episode one of this season Mm. uh, when we're previewing the CF4, I believe. Feels like a lifetime ago. That it is. There's been so much good horse racing, so many good stories since then. But we are doing some work with, and it's not for, it's with. This is a genuine partnership. Hey, 100%. Uh, we're, the, we're the heavy hitters in this partnership. <laughs> uh, we're, the more, we're the most cashed up in this partnership, <laughs> especially after the autumn we've been having. Well, Tell maybe you what. Maybe you, mate. Maybe you. Um, <laughs> but Neds, we're kicking off our partnership with Neds this week. Mm. A few things had to go, you know, finalise. There's a studio being built. And, you know, resources were hard to come by for a while there. Hey, when you're building a big box office type operation, yeah, there's a lot of boxes that need to be ticked. I would have thought and so. And the budget is astronomically huge. Sky high. So we had to seek some approvals. I think Anastasia Palajay was in some of the meetings. <laughs> she was like, guys, yeah. if you haven't some of this in Queensland. Oh, is this for a horse racing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Horse racing insights? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're, if you're having something like this in Queensland, the government needs to be aware. Oh, God, yeah. So things were slightly delayed. Yeah. There was, you know, the red tape had to be prepared and we just didn't know what kind of scissors we wanted to use <laughs> yeah. to officially open it. Where'd but- you put the scissors? I can't find them anywhere to snip this red tape. <laughs> <laughs> but long story short, we are kicking off our partnership with the good people of Neds this week. Yep. So check out their social feeds to see our two mugs on there mm-hmm. um, doing some of our best work. But... I'm incredibly excited and we're going to be doing some stuff before the races and some stuff after the races as well. So, yeah. Uh, well, look, I, I can't blame him for getting um, two of the best looking bikes in the industry um, to do some stuff. To do some stuff I couldn't even get through that sentence without laughing. Hey, There's no you- punchline to that joke. It is a joke. <laughs> did you listen to the podcast last week? You burped yeah. when we're doing it. <laughs> There's nothing what, good looking about that. I don't know what came over me. Uh, just your yellow curry, bro. Yeah, 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 yeah. A heavier lunch than what I'd usually um, yeah. have. But you could say we are taking this podcast to the next level. So lovely. Yeah. Great work. Uh, yeah. Get a little, you know, playing words in there. And also they've got some advertising at the moment, which is using that, I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think so. Um, but yeah, incredibly excited. Check out Neds on all their social platforms and you'll probably see us there. Yeah, can't wait. Very excited. All right, let's get the Drifter of the Week on. Shall we do that? Let's do it. He said he was at a birthday party. 
Right. So hopefully he answers. Fingers crossed. I gave him the heads up. You know. See how we go. It's five past six. Hello. Jimmy, how you going, bro? Very well, thanks, mate. How are you? Good, good. You have Jonesy here as well. G'day, mate. How are you, Jonesy? Very well. Nice to chat, mate. Yeah, great to chat. Mate, since I've seen you last, you've been on a hell of a tear. You got married, so congratulations on that. But I did see, it might have even been the day after you were watching the races with your bride on your phone. That wasn't wasn't a mistake, mate. We, (laughs) um, We made sure... We're having a March wedding. I said it's got to be on a Friday. There's no way I'm getting married on a Saturday in March. <laughs> and sure enough, we we're down at the the Kingy Kingscliff um, Surf Club. Yeah, watching the races there overlooking the water the day after. It was it was the perfect weekend. That's a cracking venue, by the married. way. Cracking venue. It is. It is waterfront views with um, with the horses behind you. Doesn't get much better. Geez, reminds me of a place called the Noosa Surf Club, mate, which we've mentioned on oh. this podcast numerous times. You have. I reckon that's number one in in Queensland. To be honest, if we're yeah, if we're putting um putting numbers against them, I reckon that's that's number one for sure. I would have thought so. So, did you back a winner the day after you got married? Surely, come on. There had to be some good juju there. <laughs> I had a couple of wins early on, and then uh, the rest of the masses came in, and we had to uh, had to give my attention up to some of our guests that had you know driven two hours out of Brisbane. Oh to, fuck um, them! <laughs> yeah. yeah, the racing's on. <laughs> It should be a, yeah. it should be an unwritten rule that on a Saturday right. you shouldn't you shouldn't have to have a wedding. And secondly, the groom, yeah, on the Saturday, should just be. let him punt. Yeah, I know, I know. I um, yeah. So unfortunately, I had to uh, had to give up some of my time. So I was still betting, but it was sort of like the last minute. Throw it on, you get a notification on your watch, on your Apple Watch, saying. You know, Sydney's about to jump in a minute. Mm. Probably the first thing that comes to mind. So, yeah, unfortunately, the rest of the day was a bit of a write-off in terms of back of winners, but um, got a few away early on. So, yeah, can't be too disappointed and help paid for help paid for a bit of the wedding, which is nice. Oh, mate, that's it. Jeez, okay. Yeah. Well, we got, we got a heavy hitter here. We're talking Apple Watches. We're talking a married man on a tear. So, Jimmy, mate, tell us about let's, – let's start with – let's not bury the lead here. The Queen Elizabeth. What are your thoughts? This is, in our opinion, this is one of the greatest races of all time. Mate, I'll, I'll agree with you there. It's, it's also one of the hardest, I think. Mm. In, uh, in, in recent weeks, you know, yeah, as you said, we're, we're dealing with a heavy track. So there's, there's form lines coming in out of soft tracks, ground tracks and, and soft tracks. Uh, sorry, and heavy tracks and, yeah, Randwick and, and a couple of Melbourne races. So, yeah, it's tough. Um, I had a good look and... You know, it's hard in these types of races because you want to almost play favourites to, to some of the horses that you've been following for the last couple of years and last couple of races. So it's always tough when you when you go down that road. Um, but I do think that Chris Waller is he's just bloody good at grand finals. We saw it with Nature Strip last weekend. Um, so yeah, if you if you're game enough to take the three bucks on on Barry Elegant, I think she walks in. But I'm not game. I don't think I can take the three bucks. So I'm going to be sniffing some value. Um, and off the last run that Montefiore had, I think if, if he gets his way, he's just going to run right over top again. Yeah. So I hope I'm right. Um, and I'll, I'll take the take the what I think is over from there um, and take the value there. So, um, and yeah, obviously the other one, if she runs the way she did last weekend and if she is the next high fourth, she wins. She's, she's the next filly that we're all following, I think, for, for the next... Um, 
couple of years. Mate, well summarised, perfectly summarised. This man is in unbelievable form. So you're with Montefilia in the Queen Elizabeth with for a bit of value. Yeah. And, mate, what about the Sydney Cup? Sydney Cup, she, uh, she holds a close place in my heart the last 12 months since Salino last year. <laughs> it was it was the greatest win I've had on the pun, I think, um, up at Eagle Farm when, when we were there on the day on on track. So yeah, look, I'm I'm looking at Chris Waller again. I know it, it sounds super cliche. Um, it's either going to be well, history shown us to see the Waller or a Kiwi horse that comes over the ditch and and runs them ragged. So yeah, I think it's this year. It's a matter of uh, which Waller horse wins and the international form that comes with a couple that he's got lined up um, does make it tricky but yeah he knows he knows how to place them um, so again I'm looking away from the favourite I think it's it's run a few heavy races a few tough races and I don't think it's going to be um, yeah up to its up to its strength on, on Saturday so I'm going with Shorefire mm. um, and then I might have a cheeky cheeky saver on Chalkstream but definitely Shorefire for the win um, he comes tumbling down in weights from his last run and let's be honest he was running in like Brisbane River much there at Rose Hill when he was running. So <laughs> I think uh, Ramwick drains a little better, so he should have an easier easier time. Um, and yeah, the way, the way he closed in the Queen's Cup a couple of weeks ago, the two miles has stepped up perfectly for him. Mm. So I think Kathy's going to switch him off mid-pack and then he'll come off the fence on the bend and run him, run him down. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's who I'm going for. And yeah, if you, if you like the Kiwi form, you got chosen one up the top that two, three years ago ran, ran this race to a point two of a length, and he's had the exact same setup as he did a couple of years ago, um, and I'm stood on a heavy track. So, yeah, if you're up for some more uh, more value, there's the one on the top. But yeah, we'll uh, we'll go with Surefire. Yeah, lovely, mate. Lovely. Um, I think you could probably back all of the Waller runners and still turn a profit. It's that type of race. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What about your best of the day, there, Jimmy? Best of the day. Um, look. I- to be honest, and I, I know I shouldn't, yeah, deviate from the races that we've spoken of, but I think Surefire is my best of the day. Love that. I just I fell in love with it, yeah, after it's run. So I'm not going to take tell you to dip a uh, tip a two dollars shorty in Ascot or anything. I think, um, yeah, the nine bucks again for Surefire off its last run is is criminal. So mm. yeah, I'll, I'll be loading up. I love that. I'm looking at fourteen dollars with the good people at Ned's right now. So oh, mate, drifted. Nice. I love it. I'll take it. Give it. <laughs> take a- it. Give it a go. Thanks for joining yeah. us, mate. Um, are you watching? Are you going anywhere this weekend to watch watch all this good racing? I'm actually going to be in Melbourne for the Grand Prix. So on Saturday, I've got it's, it's hands down the best sporting weekend of my life. I've got Saturday. We're going to dip out to Caulfield, um, and then yeah, we'll be at the, watch the doggies. Hopefully, get over the Tigers at the MCG, and then back it up at the Formula One on Sunday. Oh, okay, mate. We need to hang out more. What is going on? <laughs> <laughs> the highest roll we've ever had on as Drifter of the Week. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still going off my Salino win, so that's that's, that's funding it. But um, yeah, it's going to be a cracker, mate. I cannot wait. And yeah, Championship Day Two, as good as the first day, and yeah, just. Keen to uh, keen to experience it all. It's going to be epic. Yeah, beauty, mate. We we'll have to uh, we'll have to go to the races in Brisbane one weekend. We absolutely will, mate. I, I we will. I, I just got um yeah got the the lay of the land for what we've got for Winter Carnival. So yeah, we'll we'll get you boys out there for sure. Beautiful. Alrighty, mate. Well, looking forward to it. You know, if don't look too 
too far down on the peasants when you're at the F1. But uh, yeah, it's always a pleasure to get get you on. <clears throat> yeah, thanks, boys. Thanks for having me. Good luck on the weekend, and um, yeah, love love the podcast you, got, you guys got going. So good stuff. We'll we'll definitely catch up soon. Thanks, Jimmy. Jimmy. Thanks, mate. What a guy, mate! Holy smokes, he tear. So he's he's whether you would know this, but he he works at Channel Seven and Mm. he has supplied us with some tickets to the racing before. Yes. So, but yeah, F one that's taken up a notch. Crikey, we love Salino on this podcast. We do. I'm glad Jimmy filled his boots on that day. I certainly didn't. Um, <laughs> mate, he's got some good picks there. Some excellent picks, mate. Excellent picks. Uh, but you know what, mate? Let's get stuck in and spend some time looking at some quality horse racing. Race six on the program is the Australian Oaks. Now, are you a believer in Gypsy Goddess? I am. I am a believer in Gypsy Goddess. Talk me through it, please. Look, last start, over 1,850 metres, weird distance, firstly, might I add, Newcastle. They couldn't run 2,000. Yeah. Um, so she was starting to reel them in. I think Pikey thought he was back in WA, super back marker, just coming home. Zooming. Zooming. She was just too far away from them over that distance. Mm. If it's 2,000 metres, I don't think she wins, but I think she finishes closer. 2,400 metres is right up her wheelhouse. What I like about her as well is she's run on the good track in Brisbane, over 1,600 metres, spanked them, finds a soft six in Newcastle. So she hasn't had the taxing run on a heavy deck. So I think she has pretty fresh legs for this. I think she draws pretty well. She'll be towards the back anyway. Pikey's ridden to her before, rides her again, and just has a bit more of an understanding about the horse, and I think you'll learn from that last start. I think he needs to be a bit closer. But I see her just coming home like a freight train over 2,400 metres. Um, it's a tough race. So, so look, I think, you know, the, the 440 with Ned's on offer at the moment um, is a decent price to find out. I can understand why Honey Creeper has been pumped in. I can understand the price for Hinged. Um, but, yeah, over 2,400 metres, Gypsy Goddess is, is the one for me. Mm. No, it's good cases you made. I'm on one here that is just got the Colette prep written all over it for Godolphin in Honey Creeper. Shades went on last start and she absolutely dominated that field. Mm. She actually blew him away. Bowman sticks. Um, he's love him or hate him. He is just riding in impeccable form mm. at the moment. That ride on Honey Creeper last start was superb. Um, yeah, this I think this filly has. She didn't win that trip to Tassie in the Tasmanian Oaks. She ran third, but from listening to James Cummins during the week, it could be the thing that's actually made her. It's mm. just like sharpened her up a bit. She has been up for a long time, but she's rock hard fit, fitter than any of these, I think. Um, mm. She's my clear on top selection. One that I am adding into the exotics for Mario and Eustace, you just have to chuck in everything that they're doing at the moment, is no, number three, Biscayne Bay. Different form line coming through the CUNY in Melbourne behind Barbrada and Argentia um, was mentioned on our podcasts at about 26 bucks with the mugs. Has been absolutely launched into $11 now. 
blinkers come on again. Could be grand final day. We've seen this all before, 1,600 up to that 24 to 2,500 with Hitotsu. They could be just as good doing it here with Biscayne Bay. So, uh, drawn perfect in barrier five. Um, yeah, she has to go in all your SRMs, your top fours, <laughs> top threes. Yeah. Yeah. The other one that creates interest for me is Pink Ivory, the Johnny Sargent filly, uh, yeah. J-Mac on board. <clears throat> he knows how to uh, win an Oaks uh, with a three-year-old filly, Johnny Sargent. So she creates some interest, but no, look, as soon as I watched that last race, um, the Vinery with Gypsy Goddess, mm. 2,400 metres written all over, I think she'll prove too strong too late if she's yeah. within a few lengths of them. Hinged? I'm happy to risk her. I'm happy to risk Hinged. Uh, it was interesting to see Fangirl come out of this race and, and contest the Queen of the Turf. Uh, I thought Hinged was awesome in the Vinery, uh, just losing, but I think that's the upper Ashley on of its distance. I think 2,000 metres is the tippy top of what it can run, so I think yeah. it might find this a bridge too far. Yep, I agree. Okay, let's go to one of our favourite races of the year, the Sydney Cup. Uh, 3,200 metres handicap, but it may as well be set weights, except for the chosen one. Chosen ones has 56 kilos here, and then there is one and a half kilos separating the second horse to 19th horse in the field. So basically, chosen one is the one that uh, skips out here in terms of weights advantage. I have three to four chances in the race. How did you see it? Yeah, look, it's a super open race. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, and... I can understand Stockman being favourite at four dollars eighty uh, with that run in the Tankard, super brave, wet track, ticks the box, um, and you know the only question mark is does it run out a uh, super strong two mile? Mm. Look, I think Jimmy hit the nail on the head with the Sydney Cup. You're looking at something coming from New Zealand, or you're looking at a bloody Chris Waller thing. Yeah, and he's got a stack of chances in this race, Chris Waller, uh, and all at a pretty good price. I think you're right. If you if you chuck all them in your exotics, all the uh, longer priced Chris Waller things, you're making some cash. Because I could, I, I would not be surprised to see him uh, run one, two, three here. There's an obvious on top pick for me, uh, and that's because of my association with one of his owners, um, Cease Needsby Racing, um, and that's number seven, Shiraz. Shiraz is a French horse, a French import, and he's run a stack of races over 3,000 metres and 3,100 metres before, carrying 58 to 60 kilos mm. on heavy decks. He hasn't finished worse than first or second. Jean-Mapel Quinella. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Parlez-vous français. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I, I just think he's been, he's been aimed at this from the get-go. Uh, he will eat up 3,200 metres, bog track, no issues. He was gearing up nicely this prep towards it, goes to the tank route, gets checked massively coming around the bend. I think he probably runs top four in that race if he doesn't get checked, which would have been the perfect setup for this race. Craig said he was down in Sydney yesterday for the barrier draw. He was the representative um, drawing the barrier. And he was speaking to, to Chris Waller beforehand saying, what do you think is the perfect barrier like? You know, are we looking for a, a four to ten? What do you reckon? Chris Waller said six, seven, or eight would be perfect. Craig's lucky, lucky number is six. Pulls out number six. Bang. All the signs are there. The winner, Manly Colours, Shrasma on top selection. 
for that reason. You're getting uh, 12 bucks with Neds to find out at the moment. I think that's about right for Shiraz, if I'm honest. I think so. It's uh, probably lucky that he get, did get checked last start. You're getting a better price now. Yeah. Um, because if he runs into fourth there, he'd be eight bucks. Um, yeah. But you're getting a price along about majority here. Like Stockman's the favourite at 480. Yeah. Um, so it is a really good betting race if you can find the winner. I'll, I'll talk you through my, my thoughts on the race, right? <laughs> Go on. Um, I had four main chances um, outside of Shiraz. So Shiraz yep. is probably rounding up my top five. Yep. I had Knight's Order. Last time this horse was on the quick backup, he won the Brisbane Cup at 3,200 metres by five lengths. Yep. So that, you know, he can handle the backup, loves the distance, can get through the slop, 9.50 on offer. Only obvious leader in the race as well, draws perfectly for that reason. 100%. Uh, Stockman, that Jewish form, loves the heavy going. The distance is the query there. Um, he, he does look like a bit of a 2,400 metre horse, which yeah. is – a lot different to this. Um, so he's the one I'm kind of looking to risk. Yep. Can't go past my boy Crystal Pegasus. He's done nothing wrong. <laughs> nothing wrong. And you look through these and this is not a this is not shade. This is reality to these jockeys, right? Because they are so light. There's two elite jockeys here at at these weights. It's Jamie Carr and the other's Craig Williams on yeah. your your big boy. So um I think Jamie Carr, Crystal Pegasus, she rode him to his romping victory at Flemington, I believe. He's just not put a hoof wrong, this horse. No. Um, wet track might be a little bit of a concern and potentially the distance, but I think he's just now now stayer. He's got about 11,000 kilometer, uh, kilometers, meters under his legs, uh, so he's going to be rock hard fit. Of the rest, Surefire, I agree with Jimmy. Um, just, I think, yeah, this horse has had a fantastic prep so far and I love those silks as well. Um, and we have to have a nod because this is probably our best day of racing that we've seen of the autumn. This is the Derby day of the autumn Mm -hmm. of mine. And so it's racing royalty. (laughs) So, and we'd like to welcome, because I know she listens (laughs) Her Majesty the Queen. Um, Welcome, Lizzie. She's the sole owner of Chalkstream uh, and, you know, ran well last start. Uh, but, you know, could Lizzie get the get the chalkies here? Oh, you know, it wouldn't surprise those famous silks, the royal silks, Chalkstream running well. Again, the Chris Waller polish on a Sydney Cup runner. You know, it'd be a bit different him to having a word to a queen before a big race than to the likes of C. Sneesby. <laughs> queen calls up, Chris, how are we shaping up for this race? <laughs> oh, trust me, your thing's looking real good. <laughs> There's no excuses yeah. when the queen calls. God, no. Um, yeah. Um, what I found interesting was, um, yeah, uh, Craig Williams jumping on Shiraz. Of all the horses he could have jumped on. Um, yeah. Tells me that uh, Shiraz is in there with a really good chance. Yeah. So I think it's pretty clear who Waller's top two picks are. Yeah. It's Shiraz and it's Crystal Pegasus. Yeah. My on top selection is Crystal Pegasus. Um, <clears throat> last week I got spooked by some barriers. Just, I'm not even going to look at them anymore. <laughs> it's no use because these horses are drawn poorly in wet conditions. I think the barriers are just totally 
you can put a line through them basically. Uh, so I'm not too worried about Barrier 18 for Crystal Pegasus. I think it's just the up and coming next big stayer. He actually is pretty decent, I think. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, best of luck to you, Craig, with Shiraz. Yes, best of luck. <laughs> All right, here we go. I have a question for you. What is – is this the best race we've ever seen? Since we have been closely following horse racing, so what's that, like seven years, let's say, eight sure. years? Yes. Yeah. It is. Um, I've, I haven't looked forward to a race like this um, ever. Mm. Like I always – you know, the Everest always creates interest, always super buzzing, Cox Plate, uh, the Slipper, Melbourne Cup, obviously. You're always geared up for those races and you're always super looking forward to them. But but I, I cannot wait for this clash, mate. Mm. I, I cannot wait for it. It's the best field assembled um, for a middle distance race that that I think I've seen and will see for a very long time. I, I agree. I agree. And I had written down basically the same races. The Melbourne Cup, you always get amped up. Yeah. It's because it's the race that stops the It's the Melbourne Cup. Yeah. It's yeah. awesome. It's in our culture. Mm. Uh, Cox played, obviously. And the Everest does get you up and about. Yeah. Like, I, if it's run on Caulfield Cup Day, I like I like watching the Everest more. So do I. Yeah. So do I. Especially when last year's Caulfield Cup could have gone to sleep beforehand. I was that relaxed about incentivized spanking them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> this is the only this is the only race that's in the um, the autumn as well of those races that we've outlined. Yeah, last year's All Star Mile got me really up and about with like Big Mug, Russian Camelot, Marger Two, Probabil. You know, I thought that was a really good addition. Yeah, um, but this knocks that oh, out of the water. This is an unbelievable field. I have six winning chances out of a field of nine. I have five. Yeah, yeah. Talk me through them. So I'm ruling uh, out Think It Over because mm-hmm. of the deck. I yeah. think he's a great horse, Think It Over, and he yeah. deserves to be in this field. If this was a dry deck, he wouldn't be 40. Is he 40 bucks with Neds? Uh, he's getting, getting up there. Yeah. He'd be more like a 15, I reckon. Yep. Um, so I'm ruling him out. I'm ruling I'm Thunderstruck out. I think he'd need to improve by two or three lengths to, to even get close to these. Uh, Mount Popper, no. Dallasan, no, um, yeah. So the form ruling out. No disrespect to, to those horses or their associates. Yeah, I rule out. Think it over Mount Popper, Dallasan. Um, but I would be shocked if I'm thunderstruck. One, I just mm. think he's a lot better than what you're giving him credit for. Um, but talk me through this race, please. Oh, sh- do you know what's interesting about this race Please. is that if you said to me Dewis and Montefilia were genuine chances to win this race four weeks ago, I would have said, who are you kidding, mate? Yeah. But they are. They, yeah. They're genuine winning chances in this race. And this is this is a conversation I've had with you already, um, maybe on this podcast, maybe on the one we did with the mugs or maybe, you know, off offline. My logic is if Zaki runs in the Cox Plate last year, I think he wins that race by a couple of lengths. Mm-hmm. And he was my on top of selection in that race. Mm. What's changed between then and now? Not, not a lot. Not a lot. The emergence of Jewess and Montefilia. Yep. Yes. Uh, Animo's got to carry an extra six kegs. Yeah. 
Not ideal. Not ideal. Um, yeah. So so for me, <clears throat> I've, I've got to stick with Zaki on top. Mm. He draws perfectly. Jay Carr on board. Dare I say it again, light as a feather, he might go to sleep up front. He wants to dominate the race, and I think you'll get that here. Mm. And, and from what I've seen of Zaki since his absolute domination in the Dooming Cup, is just consistent, except for that one race, is just mm. consistent, good rated speed races. Yeah. Um, and, and I think he's going to get that here again. Heavy deck's a bit of a query. Mm-hmm. Word from Annabelle Nisham is that he's been doing really, really awesome work in it uh, throughout the last sort of couple of weeks. Good horse. You'd expect him to do that. Um, apparently, he tries to avoid puddles before going out. Yeah. Of the track, <laughs> which is funny. That's funny. That's very funny. That's very funny. So, Zaki's the one for me, but I, I, I think Very Elegant can win. I think Dewis, Montefilia, and Animo can win as well. Yeah. I, I genuinely think they do, and that's what makes this race so unbelievable. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, all right. I have some notes here. Because I've tried to, you know, go past the obvious. Yeah. So I went in, I went looking at the favourite, very, very elegant, deserved favourite, 11-time mm. group one winner. Champion. Ha- champion. Had a look at her 2,000-metre form in the last 12 months. She's had four starts for two seconds. Yep. A third and a fourth. I think she's our best stayer in the country, easily. But she's not a middle-distance horse anymore, in my opinion. I I tend to agree. I I was thinking about her running the Cox Plate where she ran third and that was, from a ratings perspective, her best run over 2,000 metres, but she wasn't good enough to, to really in state of rest or animo. No. But it wasn't her grand final. No. This is her grand final. So she may be a bit more tuned up, but I, I can't trust her over 2,000 metres. I, I don't know. Was it her grand final or not? Or is she just in, an in unbelievable the, stay up? In the press, all the Waller camp was saying was the Cox Plate is her grand final. The Cox Plate is yeah. her grand final. And then she comes out, what, what, two weeks later and then just dominates in the Melbourne Cup. So mm. it's like, I don't know. I think she's just a superior freak athlete mm. with like a huge set of lungs on her. Yeah. Um, that just got the absolute perfect run and brilliant right from J-Mac in the Melbourne Cup. Um. Zaki, I tend to agree with your Cox Plate logic because he was both of our picks prior to the race. And then, yeah, he so out of that race, you had, uh, I think, Dallas Arm might have been the Cox Plate, um, Animo VE and VE. I think he beats them home. Um, but the wet track is the concern for me. Mm. Um, Jewess is the next hot thing on the on the block and she's just doing nothing wrong but i have a genuine career over her at on the heavy um yeah yeah not convinced yet the best wear tracker in this field is montefilia yeah by i think the length of the straight and she gave ve absolute wind burn last start she did i can't believe the price on her i was shocked as well <clears throat> she's my on top selection yep Animo at the weights, I just don't think he has as much as an advantage anymore. Like that Rose Hill Guineas performance versus what Montefilia and VE ran was nine legs slower. Mm. And it's like he, – He improves He improves in this run. 
He does improve into this run, but I don't, does he improve nine lengths? I don't think so. That would be significant. And there's a reason why a three-year-old hasn't won this race in a very long time. It's awfully hard to do when they give him this weight because, yes. you know, they mature it a bit more. Yep. Yeah. So Montefilli is your on toppy? Montefilli on top for me, um, geez, by I think Zaki still runs a very good race. Yeah. I think Jewis is just going too well as well. Yeah, so fair. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. There I love my guy Mo. I yeah. love my guy Mo, and I don't want to pot him because he could win this race. I think Jewis will give this a big, big sight, Matt. I know the wet track is a query. I, I sort of get where you're coming from. I think she should have won the Chipping Norton. I've, I went back and watched that race yesterday. Yeah. And I think she should have won that, and that was on a heavy 10. Yeah. Over 1,600 metres. And Philly should have won it as well. Yeah. And if 2,000's her go... Mm. And Ju- and Jewis has just shown me more brilliance to turn a foot than Montefilia. But the, the tactics is going to be such a big thing in this race because everyone – I think Zaki, the only thing that's going to put pressure on him up front is Mount Popper. But if he can be up on the rail and Mount Popper outside of him mm. and Jamie Carr can just control the pace of the race, game over, I think. Yeah. I'd, I'd have to look through Zaki's – like replays of his best performances. My gut feel Doom is – Cup was by far. Yeah, but just in general, like where he's like basically won. I think off the top of my head, he likes being just off like off the fence. I don't think he likes being on the fence. I don't think he likes being inside horses. That I could be completely wrong there, but that's my gut feel. Um, cracking, cracking. Right. Oh, I can't wait. And – just take note as well, drifters, uh, that in, in this race, the barrier's out as well. Not barriers, the um, Rail. rail's out four metres as well. So, um, And also last week they weren't really racing on the rail. So you'd expect the deck around that sort of area on the rail to actually probably not be super great maybe or yeah. would it be out further. No, I think, I think that's pretty fair. Yeah. Um, it might suit something coming right down. The outside, which, you know, probably sets off for Jewis, yeah. Um, if that is indeed where they're going. But I think if that is true, I think they'll probably all shift over and get right off the rail yeah. throughout the run anyway. Uh, it's just whether or not the horses are comfortable or not doing that because they are animals at the end of the day. <laughs> Can't wait. Can't wait. Uh, Queen of the Turf time. Another great race. Um, I had two leading chances here. Two absolute head and shoulders better form lines than the rest of the field. But where did you land? This was a tough race for me, mates. Um, so I looked at it and then I thought to myself, you know what? Who's the best horse in the race? And I mm. think Colette is. Yep. So Colette's my on toppy. This has been a grand final all along. Last time she ran the mile um, in the Chipping Norton. She was a little bit disappointing. Mm-hmm. Uh, on that heavy heavy 10, uh, but she just couldn't really sort of get out. She's a bit stuck in there in the mm. Chipping Norton. If this has been a grand final all along, uh, I'm, I'm keen to be with her. Wait for age against her own sex. You know, I think that she's a superior horse here. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, look, I, I admit there's other horses that create interest. Well, it's between Colette and Ice Bath for me. Now, mm. Ice Bath and I are not good mates. Um, but Ice Bath has backed up after one week, four times in her career. And she has run second in the Golden Eagle behind Colette. She's run second to Cascadian in the Doncaster last year. 
She ran ninth in at Epsom, and then she ran second in at Cantala. That's pretty damn good at the mile. That's some. That's probably some of the best mile form in the country. Then you have Colette. What has she done when she's fourth up in a preparation? She's won the Empire Rose last year. She won the Golden Eagle as a four-year-old, and then she won the Oaks as a three-year-old. It's – I can't really split them. I think at this stage I'm leaning towards Colette. I think – I agree. I think when they typically verse each other, Colette beats her home, beats Ice Bath home. Yeah. When, when, when Colette steps into group one weight for age, um, you know, against the boys and the best horse in the country, she's a rung below. Yeah. But when she gets to race against her own sex, I think she's got the class. Yeah. So, Colette for me. Yep. I tend to agree. But yeah, I think we'll be racing on a, a heavy 15. Oh, God, if they go ahead. <laughs> if they even go ahead with that. Can the, can the Bureau of Meteorology not say the word rain bomb? <laughs> because that freaks me out. <laughs> when I'm supposed to be going down there and actually seeing, seeing this Queen Elizabeth race with my own eyeballs. Yeah. Seeing all these freaks that I love I know. in the mounting yard. Yes. And they're dropping terms like rain bomb. Ah, <laughs> oh, no wonder why I've got heart palpitations. But to be fair, the rain bomb is dropping on Thursday. Yeah. But so it is. It's a, it's a significant amount of rain. Man. I think it's Hence just the like, term bomb. <laughs> I think it's just like the. Aftermath of it, you know the yeah. So it'll, it'll be it'll be worse tomorrow. We're recording on Wednesday, so it'll be worse tomorrow on a Thursday. Friday will be a little bit better. Saturday, hopefully, is okay. Yeah. we're racing on a heavy ten. Okay, yes. <laughs> so, which leads me into best bets for the day. Uh, I have a few. Um, look, outside of the Group One races, mate, I'm not sort of playing massively. Um, Look, there's there's one horse that I um, don't mind who's got form around a horse that spanked him last week, uh, straight Aaron, and that's number nine in race two, uh, Lock Eagle at Randwick. So I'll have a play on him at two dollars fifty at the moment with Neds, but he's not my best of the day. Okay, my I'm pretty keen to play in most races, uh, but. I want to take your attention to race three, the provincial mid-championships final. So this is for the country trainers. But I was watching some replays for a lot of these this field. Never Talk is a city-grade horse, uh, but Chris Lees has taken her back to the country and she looks awfully hard to beat here. But if one is, it could be one of Chris Lees' many stable mates. Number 12, Grand Remore. Remore. Remore? One of the two. <laughs> but second up here, 13 bucks on offer. Loved what I saw. Just strong through the line. Was chasing home Barossa Rossa. And I think drawn perfect in Barry Six. Have Dollar on, on board. Hopefully he can just wave goodbye again. <laughs> I love that. I know. Way. It was fantastic. Thanks, Brendan. Uh, and then, okay, we have to talk about the Arrowfield. We so, have to, yeah. What's, what are your thoughts here? It's Marzu's toughest test to date. It is. <laughs> it is. But I still think you can do it. Uh, look, I, I love Marzu from, from this prep. Backed him every start. Uh, yeah, look, he's under threat by Paul Alien in the Congo, I'd say. I thought so. <laughs> he's uh, under threat. 
Um, so, look, not a betting race for mine. I don't have the nuts to take those two on. No. Um, look, you're getting a better price now because he was $2.50 in futures markets. Now he's like, you're going to get around 4 bucks. I think the money will come for in the Congo and Pulele, um, who, you know, Pulele has TJ form and then in the Congo. <laughs> TJ form. Like behind, behind Nature Strip and Eduardo. Red third. Last time I was using that sort of form, Wild Ruler won at 11 bucks on the yeah. Friday night in the Valley. Home Affairs won the... F- yeah, won the, the bloody cool more. So, so really I should be all over Pulele like yeah. a rash. What makes me... A little bit more confident in Marzu, right? Because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not wavering. No, no, no. no I'm, I'm putting some money on him, but I'm looking at my screen. Got Ned's open. I'm just like, <laughs> oh, I put one dollar on instead of ten. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I won't launch this time with a big tenner. Uh, but if he runs in the galaxy, I think he wins it. Like. That's how I'm thinking about yeah, it. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but in the Congo was fantastic. There, I, I don't know. He's just a bit, of, and it's you know, silly to say, but I think he's a little bit of a non-winner in the Congo. But Marzo on top for me. But what is your best bet of the day? Uh, race three, uh, sorry, race four in Ramwick. Uh, number three, Paris Dior. Uh, I saw a trial of bomb. Maotai mm. tried a bomb and. Came ninth. Yeah, but this filly I like. Um, she, I thought she was super from what she's showing in her three starts. Steps out to 1,200 metres um, for the first time. Mm-hmm. I think she'll eat it up. Mm-hmm. J-Mac on board, drawn perfectly. Snowden's know how to get the two-year-olds right. It's pretty lightly raced, but I like Paris Dior. $2.50 with Nets. Lovely. I'm also backing a two-year-old. I'm going to the first race. Um, can't. See why Moco won't run a race here. One in the biblical floods last uh, came second actually uh, behind Williamsburg. But the Freeman camp have just been all over her for getting out to the mile. Like I think she's just an absolute cracking bet at about the three bucks on offer. Uh, Williamsburg, great run. Not convinced he runs out the mile. So, bit, bit poo poo, you reckon? You know, <laughs> I think he's vulnerable. Uh, so, he'll give Moko a bunny to chase. I think, yeah. Interesting that Bowman, I think Bowman didn't have the right. He did have the right last start. Oh, no, Tommy Barry did. So, ignore that. Um, but, yeah, Moko, race one, number two. So, we're playing early and late. We are playing all day. Playing all day. Well,. I'm excited. I cannot wait. I cannot wait for tomorrow night with uh, our good friends at Ned's. Can't wait for hopefully the race day going ahead on Saturday. Seeing it with my own two eyeballs. Yeah. Best of luck to you and Craig. Yeah. Um, yep. That should be a hell of a day. Mm. The 18s that I got for Shiraz is feeling real nice right about now. So, yeah, look, it should be a fantastic day. So, um yeah, it's a, a genuine privilege mm. to watch some of these horses go around and I'll try and get some footage from the mounting yard for you, Drifters. Please. Please. Because oh, I want to see it too. <laughs> that one's VE. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the skinny one. Uh, well, Drifters, if you are having a punt this weekend, please do it responsibly. But until next week, 
wet fire burn day next week. So yeah, fire burn steaks day. That's what they're calling yeah. it. Uh, not <laughs> champagne steaks. It's the sh- fire burn steaks. Um, but please gamble responsibly and have just enjoy what is very rare in our sport, where it's just a fantastic day racing. I cannot wait. Cannot wait. Good luck, drifters. All right, who?